Barum is relationships. Barum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Allison. Oh, hi, Rob. Oh, hi, listeners. We're here to talk about Minute 96 of The Room, in which Denny and Johnny can finally be together. Before we get into the scene, on the day they filmed this post-suicide stuff for the second time, Peter Anway, Burns and Sawyer rep, and I believe is a production assistant, was his official credit, had brought in an acting coach named Diane. She was replacing Sandy Chaclair, the script supervisor who had kind of directed most of the movie, because Byron, the stagehand who had taken on that job after Sandy quit, was too aggressive. According to Greg, this is from the book, The Disaster Artist, Diane was smart, sensitive, and determined to help. Before we got ready to film the scene in which Lisa, Denny, and Mark grieve over Johnny, she took us all aside and started telling us what she felt was at stake in the scene. I stopped her, politely, and asked that she follow me to the room where Tommy kept the dailies. The dailies guy was sitting there eating a sandwich. Hi, I said. Could you show Diane some footage from the living room suicide dailies? Without saying a word, without pausing from the ongoing destruction of his sandwich, the dailies guy fired up the playback machine. Diane's expression started in a place of benign expectation, corkscrewed into abject shock, and mainlined into something like existential confusion. Then she started to laugh. So, I said, that's where we're at. (laughs) <laughs> they brought in an acting coach to try to get this scene right and uh, horrified her by showing her the first version of the scene. <laughs> so we're back to Lisa. She finishes saying, I love you. And then because she knew our minute would cut it off, she repeats it. I, I love, love you. you. And we get a wider shot as she tries to put her hand on Mark again and he rejects her. And then Mark says what the whole movie has been trying to tell us rudely. Tramp, you killed him. You're the cause of all of this. this. I, I wanted him to say, I could never love you because you'll never love anyone but yourself. <laughs> you never love anyone but yourself. I think that it would have been a good time for that line. And, and it would have Lisa, fit. Lisa would jump in, I don't, I don't even, even like, like myself. myself. <laughs> yeah. I think that's because you're bad at your job, Lisa. Something we were, I don't think we're supposed to think about, but I thought about is why are, like, how do they get in this room? So this is up the stairs. They've had to go through, they come in the front door. Mm-hmm. Walk through that living room, whatever, the, yeah. the downstairs room, go up the yeah. stairs to enter this yes. room. Yes. And we've seen, I guess last week you would have discussed, or maybe the week before, the destruction, or probably maybe spanning weeks of, you know, Johnny just going nuts and, and tearing apart the apartment. Yeah. No one thinks like maybe there was a break in or a robbery. Well, no, because Lisa just left. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could have been a little bit longer than what we actually saw. It could have been more than two minutes. But I assume they heard a gunshot. And other than the TV being missing, the downstairs was already messy from the party. No one cleaned up much. Oh, that's Claudette right. that's said true. she did, yeah. but there are still wine glasses on the table, so she didn't do that much. Mm-hmm. And they never watched TV, so probably Lisa didn't even notice TV's gone. So, no. Or that just worried them more because gunshot. You know, Chris R. came back. Oh, no. He's shooting people. Maybe I was confused. I th- I thought there'd been a little bit more time between when Johnny kills himself and when they come in based on, it looks like the the blood, at least on his shirt, is pretty dry. I thought more. more. Well, I think that's just bad 
makeup mm-hmm. application. Okay. Not, I think it's supposed to be yeah. right after, like, they heard the gunshot and ran back. Because otherwise, why are they even coming back together? Right. She went to right. be with Mark at his place mm-hmm. in the building, because everyone lives in the building. Yeah. Well, I think it's a very, it's kind of a, well, in, in this started as a play. It's a very stage play kind of thing to say in the final scene at the very end, we've got to get all our main characters on stage at the same time. We've got to get everyone in the room. Yeah. Otherwise there's, there's no real, I don't know. I don't feel like Denny running in at this moment adds a lot to anything No. other no. than we want them on stage at the end. Yeah. Yeah. They want the other person. Yeah. We need someone to reject Mark also. Mm-hmm. Mark can reject Lisa, but we need someone to reject Mark. So I guess that's why Denny's here. Right. Well, and there's also, there's the, the odd line that Mark has, and I've been struggling to try to think of how, how could this be improved when, so Mark starts to leave and Lisa is not leaving. And the intention is to leave Denny alone with the, with the body of Johnny. I'm not sure why, but he says, let Let him be be with him. him. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, that's, there's too many hymns in that sense. Let him be with him. Yes. But I don't know. I don't, and you know, we know in the context of the scene, it makes sense. We know one him is Johnny and one him is Denny. I just, I didn't like that line, but I couldn't figure out. I actually had less a problem with the, you're getting a little ahead, but mm-hmm. I had less a problem with the wording of that line than the idea of it in a way. Like, it's a dead body. You don't, like, just leave someone else to be with it and call your detective friends, mm-hmm. Mark, you know, get get some a coroner over here. As far as you know, Chris R. was here. Right. They didn't see Johnny holding the gun. Chris R.'s gun. Mm-hmm. Well, and Denny's a wreck for all they know in his, you know, in his morning, Denny could pick up the gun and then shoot himself. Right. Like, he should not be left alone in this room. Yeah, you don't leave someone alone after a suicide. No. Yeah. Especially if he recognizes that gun. He'd be like, no, this is all my fault. Right. Oh. Or he sees it's all Lisa's fault. He picks up the gun and shoots her. Well, Mark might be okay with that. <laughs> Mark might be okay with that. But yeah. Mark, well, here, Mark has a Denny's- problem. Your Denny's a serial killer. Yeah. See, this is how it starts. See, you were just ahead of the plot, Sean. Oh, Denny's going yeah, to be a no, killer. This is how it starts. This is what triggers it. This is the Joker. Mm-hmm. The movie, the Joker. This is Denny's origin story. Yep. And he goes on to become the, what, East Area rapist or whatever. The original Night Stalker right here. Yep. Backtracking, though, because we aren't actually to that line, because Denny didn't come in yet. Oh, know? right. We're still at, I could never love you because you'll never love anyone but yourself. I could never love someone like you. Think so? Because you'll never love anyone but yourself. Right. I don't even like myself. It's not true. I don't even like myself. Yes, I don't, I don't love, you. love you. <laughs> Get out of my like life, you bitch. bitch! Which really, yeah, the, the Groundhog Day does have more nuance, I yeah. think. It's like, I was just sleeping with you to get closer to Johnny, and now it's Johnny's dead, so I got, you're useless to me. Right. He could go sleep with Denny mm-hmm. to be close. Denny shows up, just appears at the top of the uh, stairs. And says, What's, What's happening? happening? Denny runs in. Mark tries to stop. He says, don't look, Denny. Denny says, Johnny's, Johnny's dead. dead. <laughs> Wake Denny up, Johnny, Johnny, please. Please. Says, it's, it's not right. right. It's, it's not, not right. right. And this was another line I had a problem with is Lisa's <laughs> Denny, he's in a better place. place. That's not normally something you say when the corpse is right there. Yeah. That's the kind of thing you say at a funeral or after. He might still be alive. Neither of you are medical professionals. But he is in a better place because <laughs> he's away from you and Mark. Why? And then Denny gets down on Lisa, uh, down on Lisa, down on Johnny. Says, Leave, leave us! us! Both Will of you leave. leave. 
and we get, I, th- I think this is probably like the eighth or ninth greatest line in cinematic history we've had in the film. Mark gets up to leave, <laughs> and he says, as far as, as, far I'm, as concerned, I'm concerned, you can, you can drop, drop off, off the earth. earth. That's a promise. <laughs> and the, the real brilliance of this line is, it's 80 yard. He didn't say this. Mm-hmm. They decided this line made normal sense and put it in the film afterward. And <laughs> rather than making sense, it transcends it's, sense. Yeah. But then he understands, you know, he's just like, Just, just leave! leave both, both of you. you! And then we get to the line you already mentioned. Leave, leave him, alright? All right? Let, Let him, him be with him. And Lisa finally does get up, and we're on Johnny as Lisa leaves. <laughs> Why, Johnny? Why? And then we get this wonderful shot, if you've looked at the stairs, of Lisa and Mark. And Mark is looking like he's, you know, walking down the stairs, but there's no stairs there. So that means he was like on his knees for this shot, which is really funny to me. Yeah, because he's like a full head shorter than Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> so he would have, he would have had to like either bend down or kneel or something mm-hmm. in order to even do this shot because there are no stairs. There's two stairs down after you get to the top. There's no top. Now we get another John and Wise and Denny. Why? And we get a close on Denny, and he's sad. And I actually, the, yeah, the last way he says why actually made me feel kind of sad for him. Why? You know, people are trying. They're, they're acting. Once Stephen was gone, they went back to acting. At the end of the minute, we see Lisa and Mark again, and not sure what they're going to do. This is where I put in my notes. Yeah, this scene took three days to shoot. Well, they wanted to get it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this was the second time they shot the scene, because they had previously shot it in the living room. Notes for a midnight screening. Right before Mark calls Lisa a tramp, we get a focus. Someone yelled focus because it's out of focus. I actually noticed another spot where it wasn't in focus that I wanted it, but Hmm. the audience doesn't call it. Danny says, wake up, Johnny, please. Please, it's not right. The focus is on Lisa's shoulder instead of Denny's face. (laughs) But the audience didn't catch that one because I think they're all just too distraught to have any fun in this. It's because you're looking at this through your own tears that it appears out of focus. It's just too sad. Yeah. At this point, Greg points out in the disaster artist, like, mm-hmm. no one was even checking if the cameras were in focus when Details. they started shooting scenes. Like, no one cared anymore. And this would have been, I think, the last scene of regular production was this second version of the suicide scene. Because at this point, Burns and Sawyer was like, yeah, you have to go. You've been here long enough. So all they had left was exteriors in San Francisco, which we talked about before because those happened a long time ago. I'm trying to think of something. Is this... And, and going back to, you, you've mentioned a couple of times that they filmed the suicide scene twice, yeah. once in the living room and now in the bedroom. And I think it needs to be in the bedroom. Is this the first, is this Denny's only scene in the bedroom? No, he was in the first scene in the bedroom. The, he comes in at the beginning of their first sex scene after eating the apple. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he does. They they want to, uh, Lisa and Johnny want to be alone. Yeah. And he comes in and barges in. But now he's back because, I. but I think it's significant that they're in the bedroom. Because that's sort of the geographical center mm-hmm. of Lisa and Johnny's relationship. Yeah. Kind of around the bedroom. Yep. And then it kind of ends here as well. Well, and you also point out a great sort of echo in the filmmaking as well as in that first bedroom scene, they kick Denny out. But in this scene, Denny's kicking them out. Denny's kicking them out. Oh. He can be with Johnny. This might be a good movie. Right. See, you get it now. I think, I think you're onto something here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to. I'm starting to see. There is a method to the madness. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that's that was that was see, my one thing. You get it. Okay. Speaking of good movies, 
it is Friday, so we talk about that. It's Friday, Friday. I know it. It all sounds like some bad movie. You can go first. You said you brought something. So I've got a bit of a, a, a double feature cool. of bad movies from the 80s and um, and with Halloween coming up. And whenever you're listening to this, it may not be soon, but there's a Halloween coming up. So two sort of parody takeoffs on the traditional monster movie. And the, the films are Saturday the 14th and Transylvania 65000. Wow. I haven't seen either of those in a long time. There, yeah. <laughs> I, I put them together. One, uh, well, so Saturday the 14th is from 1981. Transylvania 65,000 is from 1985. So they're both early to mid 80s. They're both sort of mashups where you get, there's not a single monster. You've got vampires, you've got werewolves, you've got mummies. One of them even has a like a creature from the Black Lagoon type creature going on. So it's, uh, you get an all-star cast of all of your favorite matinee monsters with a little bit of in air quotes comedy thrown in how much comedy i guess is a personal taste thing i think they're funny both the areas where they're intending to be funny and a few things where that i laugh at that i don't think they intended to be funny so both on imdb for categories both listed as comedy slash fantasy slash horror Saturday the 14th on IMDb, it's 4.7 out of 10 stars. And Transylvania 65,000 is exactly at a 5.0. It is perfectly mediocre. (laughs) And I think they're both bad in a good way. And they're, you know, if you're looking for something spooky with with monsters and horror and stuff, they um, they have that as well. Now, the the movie I want to mention, I I don't think the movie is actually that great for a bad movie it has a 3.0 on imdb the good news is it is brand new it just came out so they still make bad movies which is oh, good yay. news uh just last i think it was just last week we were talking about no holds barred which was the hulk hogan movie <laughs> here we get another wrestler uh, i believe his name is adam copeland he was yeah. edge in wwe and he stars in this film along with kelsey Grammer, which is interesting and the Lawrence Brothers. Most of you would probably only know Joey, unless you watched Brotherly Love back in the 90s. Well, I think it's Andy wrote and directed it, and also has a small part, and then uh, whatever the third brother's name is, he's also in it. And it's about some thieves trying to steal from a plane that is a casino for horrible criminals that want to hang out together, which is a really dumb premise. A but plane. Yes. That is a casino. Yes, because it's, you know, flies over. They specify that it flies over international waters, which doesn't make any sense because you could just have a boat there, which is easier and goes <laughs> slower and uses less fuel. <laughs> also, we actively see that it's flying over land. So someone forgot to put all those things together. But basically, they do basic gambling, poker. They also play Russian roulette which is actually a pretty funny scene because the one guy wants to go first. On a plane. Yeah, yeah, on a plane. Uh, they also bet on things that I think are taking place elsewhere where they like throw a guy in a room with a snake and they bet on how long he's going to survive, things like that. <laughs> are they like watching Major League Baseball with implied oral consent, not explicit <laughs> written consent kind of thing? No, they're actually much worse criminals than that. The, the main character, Edge, is posing as a human trafficker to get into this plane and be with these people. And one of the other guys gave Iran nuclear capability. It was his big brag. And so they're, they're bad people. 
And then Kelsey Grammer's like even worse and he wants, they took some of his money and he wants it back. And it's the makings of a good film, but none of it's done well. And there is almost never any high stakes. It's like everything just kind of works. It sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. But I, I was most excited, not because it was a great bad movie, but because it was new. It came out in 2020. Yeah. Another victim of the COVID virus. Cause I don't think this is ever going to see a theatrical release. No, no. Oh, if I'd seen it on a big screen, that would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> have, I don't, you don't really get, have you said I, the, the title of this film? No, oh, it's called Money Plane. I think I said it, but it's yeah. such a generic title that you might not have noticed. <laughs> yeah, Money Plane. Now, bad movies do come out in theaters too. If you saw, uh, what did they t- what did they call it? The new remake of Turning of the Screw. I think they just called it Turning. I think it was just called Turning. It was awful. The the movie didn't end. It was just like she was gonna drive away, and the movie just kind of stops, and then kind of in the tradition of a great bad movie I talked about many weeks ago, Shark Exorcist. It just has more scenes after it has random footage of someone dragging their hand along some wallpaper as the end credits begin for no reason and it's not good bad movies still happen and this is good news so yeah it's it's good for us and listeners next week will be the last week of episodes i would try to compile a list of all the bad movies we've talked about and see if there's any major ones missing i don't think i've talked about like all of neil breen's films for example but you should watch all of them because they are amazing and we'll finish up talking about this masterpiece that sean you only just got to finally see so you are in a better place in your life now so sean tell us what you're doing with that good position you're in well i i podcast and i talk about mostly movies and mostly movies that i have seen (laughs) if you want to hear what i'm saying i kind of have my home site with all my podcast stuff is cat and sean.org and it's uh, c-a-t like the animal cat and sean s-e-a-n.org and there i link to my podcasts that i've talked about previous episodes and podcasts that i haven't talked about and all my guest appearances including this one But it's nothing wrong when people make it fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us!